This episode of the Gondrepreneur Podcast is made possible by Evergreen Gateway, a provider of cannabis-friendly financial services. As many cannabis entrepreneurs have experienced firsthand, it can be very difficult to get approval for essential financial services once your bank finds out what industry you're in. Evergreen Gateway makes it easy for cannabis entrepreneurs to access the financial resources that you need to operate your business. From merchant accounts to cash advances, virtual checking, and depository banking, Evergreen Gateway has established solutions that cater to the specific needs of the cannabis industry. Get in touch today at evergreengateway.com. Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and thank you for listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of gondrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Uh, today, I'm joined by Catherine Dockery. She's founder, founding partner of Vice Ventures, a venture capital fund that has raised about $25 million in its first round and invests exclusively in non-traditional, quote, bad-for-you verticals, uh, such as cannabis, alcohol, sex tech, CBD, and more. How you doing this afternoon, Catherine? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm great. Uh, you are you are the first person that I've ever uh, interviewed or even really known about uh, that is focused on this sort of bad for you uh, industry. So um, I think we have a lot of ground to cover. Uh, but before we do, uh, tell me about yourself. Uh, tell me, you know, about your background and how'd you end up, uh, you know, launching a VC firm focused on Vice. That's a fantastic question. Um, I grew up in New York City with my dad. Went to NYU, studied a combination of neuroscience and finance. Um, and then my first job out of college was trading high yield debt. I absolutely hated that job. So I quit after my second bonus, spent nine months contracting uh, for different hedge funds, trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Met up with um, a PR agency, ran their research team two days a week for two and a half weeks. Um, and then that's when I met Andy Dunn, who's the founder of Bonobos. Um, I was presenting research. We got along really, really well. We decided to get dinner afterwards. Um, we decided I should work for him, which is an incredible opportunity, and manage his venture portfolio and just finances in general. Um, so when Walmart acquired Bonobos, I followed Andy to Walmart. Um, kind of realized very quickly that Walmart m was not for me, despite some people absolutely loving the job. Um, so I interviewed to leave. I had personally invested in the canned wine business. Um, so when I was interviewing at all these consumer venture firms, I kept pitching um, the company. And all these fund managers were like, we love the founder, we love the brand, like we love what she's doing, but like we can't invest in alcohol. Um, so it, it's a pass for us. And I just couldn't believe that they couldn't invest in alcohol. And I just kind of kept asking, like, why, why, why? And finally, someone was very honest with me, and they're like, we have a vice clause. And I was like, well, what's a vice clause? <laughs> um, and they're like, it just prohibits us from investing in cannabis, alcohol, nicotine, sex tech, online gambling, um, sports gambling. Um, it's just like this whole wide range of categories that I thought both had highly highly um uh just huge growth potential and then the other one had just like high multiple exit potential and i was like there's 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 
something wrong here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how I came up with the idea. So, I mean, that's, that's a really broad sort of thing. And, and, and it's sort of interesting to make if we talk about, you know, cannabis and also sort of online gambling, which is being re-legalized or legalized in, in many cases uh, through the United States. So, so is there sort of a trend going on of this sort of, I don't know, acceptance or normalization of vice culture? Um, so that's exactly what Vice Ventures is trying to do. That's like the mission besides um, delivering superior returns to the people who believed in us. But we also want to change culture and change stigma and, and prove that these, quote, bad companies actually aren't bad at all. And what's been the response to your fund by the, the venture capital community at large? Um, great question. Um, <laughs> I think some people love it and get it and understand that it's advice. I think some people are laser focused on like environmental funds or they think like social impact is more important without really realizing that Vice Ventures is also a social impact fund in a way. Can you, can you elaborate on, 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 you know, how, why you would consider it a social impact fund? Yes, um, because like, look, I mean, just look at the portfolio. Like, all our portfolio companies are harm reduction companies. Whether it's we just announced recently a big investment in Lucy, which is a harm reduction nicotine business. Uh, I would call that social impact, educating people that nicotine were not in, like, consumed in a carcinogenic fashion, i.e., through vapes or through combustible cigarettes. It's actually no worse than coffee, which is just as addictive as caffeine. So, so what do you look for specifically when investing in the, the crowded cannabis space? Is it, are you focused on the same sort of uh, thing that you'd be focused on, you know, say with the, the nicotine sensation, cessation with, with Lucy? Um, so really quick, Lucy isn't nicotine cessation for the record. Um, they're a recreational brand. No, it's okay. It's just legally, it's important to specify. Um, and when it comes to cannabis, I look like pretty exclusively at cannabis brands um, whether that's edible companies, um, lower dose THC, um, joints. Like, I think it's really important to invest in like really, really sharp brands. I just don't think we're there yet. What, what, what do you mean by that? Um, I think like we're very early stages in the cannabis brand section. And I think in the next few months, a lot of these companies will run out of money and we'll be able to see um, kind of like which brands stand the test of time, if you will. And I think that it would be a great time to invest in them. So you mentioned you mentioned low THC and, and I'm a huge sort of proponent of low THC products uh you know massachusetts you know has has actually a cap for recreational five milligrams which a lot of people are like you know they'll boo and hiss at it but for me i'm like this is this is fantastic um are you seeing more and more companies offer these these low thc or or uh, developing these low thc products yeah definitely uh, i would say almost every cannabis deal I've seen in the past like week or two weeks or so have been all low dose products, whether it's low dose beverages, low dose um, chocolates, like it's low dose is definitely the future. So do you give particular attention maybe to crossover businesses such as companies that make THC infused lube? Um, I, I mean, I'm all about crossover businesses and I think as long as it fits the vice thesis, um, it's definitely worth looking at, but 
um, I just think like a THE loop or a Vice loop is like a very difficult business to be in, just because it's so niche. So, uh, what other are there? Is there anything else that that you've because because THC lube when when it first sort of came out and I, I worked in the in the the adult shop industry for a very long time. <laughs> awesome. And and so I, I saw you know I saw what loops worked and what loops didn't and and so I have this sort of perspective there. Um, and it's, so are you? My question is is like, are you seeing a lot more companies trying to maybe cross over? I mean, we see beer companies getting involved in uh, you know the cannabis space yep. uh, big time. Um, are you seeing more of this sort of corporate crossover or you know these partnerships happening from from your perspective? Um, yes, actually, which is why I think vice and like vice investing in the venture capital space is so exciting because I think because of all the crossover, there's a lot more exit potential than say like a normal CBG grocery company. Like you could like a CBD um, beverage, for example, could get bought by Pepsi. It could get bought by AB InBev, by Constellation, by um, Coca-Cola, by Nestle, like literally by anyone. And so I think I'm so excited about it. It sounds like you're half expecting like these sort of, you know, major deals to occur. I, th- I think some of them will be for sure. I think like a lot of this is brand new products to the market more so than in any other industry in a way. So you're, I mean, your, your firm balances this social responsibility and, and taboo. Uh, how do you think uh, other companies, you know, large companies such as the ones you mentioned, Coca-Cola and Nestle are going to be able to sort of jive uh, that with their investors? Um, I think that's it. Just comes down. It comes down to like overcoming stigmas, and I think a lot of these companies will kind of go wherever is making the most money, as proved by the uh, can can it be consolation deal, which is I mean was shocking, Huge, when, massive. And now they own they're 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 majority stakeholders in that in that company. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of stocks, uh, last year was not a great year uh, for cannabis stocks. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the biggest players, uh, Aurora, um, you know, Canopy didn't do particularly well towards the end of the year. Um, what's what's your take on that and sort of expectations for 2020? I think um, I don't know. It's a weird analogy to make, but I think it's very similar. It's like Donald Trump getting elected, like everybody just thinking that the market is like so much bigger than it is. Um, and then like, uh, like, and then people just like not admitting that they like participate or don't participate or anything. Um, so I think that's kind of what happened is people realized that people actually didn't really smoke as much as we just say that they did. Um, and I think that will have like some effect on cannabis exits, which is why I think like a lot of these companies will go under in the next like six or 12 months. Um, and I think like we'll really see like which brands resonate with, with um, consumers and all that. What, what, uh, what, what makes for like a successful brand in your opinion? I mean, is, does it involve sort of that or that, that sort of celebrity, uh, you know, which, which we just saw, you know, Whoopi and Maya decided to close and, uh, but we do see, you know, a lot of celebrities sort of coming into the space or is it leadership? You know, what, what do you, what sort of draws you in with regard to brands? Um, so I'll give you an example of a great brand. Um, are you familiar with the CBD water called Recess? I am familiar with the name. Yes. Um, we were early into Recess. 
and they've launched in multiple cities across the country in a short like 60 month period and we invested in recess just because of the brand itself um we didn't even test a product before making a commitment um just the brand the idea of taking a recess that is a nostalgia to like every single american who's taking a recess as a kid interesting um, so that to me is like a great example of a really strong brand something that that sort of sticks out in your head like where you you hear that and you think of that yeah exactly um yeah so th- there's um, what what are the risks in investing in these intri- industries? Are sort of aside from the sort of obvious ones, right? Like I'm not an investor. A lot of our listeners are, and and so 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 they 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 probably have a better idea on what those risks are than I do in many ways. But but aside from the basic, you know, you can lose money. And and what really are the are the potential rewards here? Like like sort of the abstract bigger picture, I guess. Um, I think some of the biggest risks are definitely regulatory like especially for cbd like nobody knows if it's going to be outlawed in food and bev or not um i would say also like this is a no-brainer but like for uh, cannabis it's definitely regulatory as well which the laws have been changed every three months on that um that alcohol you to make sure you comply with the three-tier system and like some people swore by down to um drug to consumer alcohol but like that's even more difficult. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of risks. And and what are, what like if you know what do you tell sort of sort of your investors are are sort of the the rewards in this space aside from sort of the the returns. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no. What do you mean? So so. <sighs> You, you, this 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 idea of social responsibility and this this idea of sort of sort of ending stigma is this something when you are making that pitch to your investors that that intrigues them just as much as the profits in many cases or is it purely profit driven? Um, I think like any investment should probably be profit driven, um, just because you have a fiduciary responsibility to um, help your investors make more money than they had when they put in. Um, but besides that, I think there's also a social responsibility to make sure that you're investing in like really intellectually honest operators um, who know exactly their product, you know, the harm that it could give to the users and just not hide it. I like that term, the term intellectually uh, interesting. Um, yeah. Um, several states expected to legalize this year. Uh, where we are in New York, uh, which we know what happened last year, and, and you're a lifelong New Yorker, you know, like I am, basically. And we know Cuomo's history and, and the, the the legislature here is, is a mess. Uh, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, uh, Rhode Island, Vermont lawmakers are right now in, in the middle of, of bringing in a taxed and regulated system. Um, does one state or, or a couple of states stand out to you as most ripe for investment? Um, I think um, Oregon is a really interesting one um, just because I think it's less fragmented than the other states. Um, I mean, tons of people are pouring money into California brands, um, and I'm not sure if that makes sense yet. What about as far as the ones that we sort of expect you know, this year? Um, like, give me an example. Like New York, Jersey, Connecticut, Rhode Island. I think New York would be a great place. I think brands are built in New York City. I mean, look, you have Away, Glossier, Bonobos, Warby Parker. You have really strong brands are built here. 
I mean, and, and the other thing, too, that we have to consider is, you know, the way the medical licensing is set up. And it's a really going to be a prime opportunity, I think, the way they're going to set it up to for branding. Yeah. Um, is in, in your experience thus far with your fund, has there been a, uh, partic- a particular state that has proven to be like a solid ind- industry investment? Maybe Nevada, considering it is pure vice. Yeah. Um... Not yet. Most of our investments to date have been between East LA and New York, um, which I don't know, maybe that's because that's where I spend most of my time, but um, we're definitely looking at advice um, in every state. Um, so what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are you know, looking to uh, enter this space as far as brands go? Um, well, it depends on which category. Um, I mean, nicotine is arguably like more difficult than cannabis, I would say. Um, but I think it's all about just pairing up with somebody who's really good at branding, finding somebody who can do operations, and just going out there and doing it and finding distribution, finding partners that can help you. Awesome. Where can people find out more about uh, you, about the firm? Uh, pl- give us the plugs. Um, Vicecenters.com. Um, there's, email, there's an email address on there that'll link you to me. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Catherine. Uh, it's really been nice to have you on the show, pick your brain a little bit. Uh, like I said, it's, it's a super sort of interesting angle that you've taken there, and, and I really appreciate your insight. Thank you so much. That was Catherine Dockery. She's a founding partner of Vice Ventures, a venture capital fund that has raised about $25 million in its first round, invests in vice, such as alcohol, cannabis, and more. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you'll find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, TG Brandfault.